Oh my god. Welcome to Set Meals, a weekly food show about the moments that surround mealtimes. I'm Samuel Ashton, and I'm usually joined by my friend Taylor Fawcett. We're two friends bonded by our love of nachos before bedtime and Cocoa Pops at breakfast time. Two pals that have, in all honesty, manufactured this project, Set Meals, to facilitate Taco Tuesdays and an excuse to justify extra sides at every single occasion. If you're new to Set Meals, a weekly food show that takes you along for the ride, as we explore and indulge in the delights of the world over, welcome! And well, I'm, I'm kind of sorry. Sorry because this week you're getting me, Sam's Bowl, live and direct. No tailor. You're getting one for the price of two, and you're paying the usual price, and that price is free. So in all honesty, what are you moaning about? With my faithful compadre out in the world, I'm here to hold down the fort, here to reminisce over the good times whilst updating you on some of the new ones. So sit back, relax, go and pour yourself a chocolate milk over some delightful ice cubes, treat yourself. Let's get into the bloody show. Hi guys. Um... So, it's a bit of a different episode of Set Meals today. Twofold. First thing, Taylor is not here this week, as I've already sort of alluded to. Uh, Taylor has gone gallivanting around California. He is uh, out in California with our friends, Tom, Chris and Marty, who run a sunglasses brand called Tens. Uh, They are shooting a campaign at Tens on Instagram and uh, they are out there for the next week. So Taylor has left me because he is he is doing that and uh, that has left me alone. Alone in the studio that I haven't even been bothered to put the lights on in. And uh, it's uh, it's meant that this week we've got a bit of a different episode, a bit of a different flavor. Cuz this week with Tay being away, it kind of made me think of the good times we've had. The good, this is like a this is like a breakup. This is the breakup episode. No, we haven't broken up. Uh, it did make me think of uh, all the stuff that we've done since Set Meals has been going. Uh, you know, right? Best way to explain it. You know, those episodes of Friends. There's one or two in 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 the, in the history of Friends, right? Where they just kind of they shoehorn a random episode in there that's like a look back at all the best bits. Where basically the writer, they've either, either like ran out of money to pay the writers or they just had a bit of an off day and the, the script they've written for that week or that episode is just unusable. So they've just mashed up all the best bits of like the previous seasons or whatever. Um, this episode is like one of those, uh, but better. So this week, I'm going to spend the first half of the episode, which is usually like the newsy kind of just chatty section, looking back on uh, some of the some of the best bits, basically, of set meals thus far. They, they are unintentionally all kind of travelly bits, which kind of ties in nicely to the episode narrative with Tay being away. The synopsis writes itself. So, with no further ado, the top five best bits of set meals to date. Let's get into it. Episode one, season one. Our first episode, uh, this was actually the pilot. Um, which we had to tweak a couple of times because some stuff went out of date. We had like gr- some grand Big Mac stuff in there we had to take out and we had to re-edit. But the first episode um, saw us head down to a, a KFC uh, out, out out in the sticks near where Tay grew up. And um, we, because we saw that KFC were doing an open kitchen campaign to kind of basically reskin their brand, mind the pun, uh, because KFC obviously has a bit of a reputation of being a little bit dirty and fast foody and gross. And uh, their open kitchen campaign was to kind of get get people in the kitchens, invite them in, 
um, show them around, show them the process, tell them a little bit about like where they're getting the chicken from and all the, the kind of like how long it takes to actually prepare and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, Tay and I jumped at the chance because that is the most on-brand thing ever. We couldn't believe our luck when that showed up like a few days before the first uh, episode was due to record. Um, so I literally stumbled across it through a Twitter ad, uh, dropped a message, um, and we just signed up for it and got, got going. It was single-handedly one of the most bizarre things that Tay and I have both done, and uh, it's probably up there with one of the favourite things we've done for the pod thus far. I think we're the only people here. I think we're definitely the only people here. Oh no, there are two other people there. <laughs> we knew we shouldn't really have been doing it. It's just a and, weird thing. And I think I think it's worth saying that we, we're not going to reveal any information about the branch yeah, or the people. Yeah. Because A, it's not really fair on them mm-hmm. and I don't really want to get in trouble. Yeah, and... Let's make this abundantly clear. This was a sort of ironic thing to do, yeah. but we weren't taking the piss out of anybody. We were generally, in- I was genuinely interested. And, and I'd argue that actually we were so enthusiastic by the time we got in there that they were a bit perplexed as to why they were almost taking the piss out of us. <laughs> I tried so hard to stand very close to the lady who was like guiding us through the day because I knew I had a microphone on that um, she must have been like, what the fuck's this guy doing? He's keen, very keen. <laughs> Doors open. Uh, lady opened the door, very smiley, very warm, oh, yeah, welcoming. We had nice like, obviously like a waiver, which said no recording, no photography. Didn't say anything about uh, audio recording. Ooh, no. No. So we uh, loopholed that. We all sat around, but at this point there was like, what, 10 people? So we get shown through like the video, the, the corporate spiely video. Which, by the way, yeah. the efficiency at which they got the video from the till system onto the menu boards mm-hmm. with sound. Do you know when you get shown anything anywhere and they don't quite know which source to select on the remote and then oh, the speakers don't dude, work ev- and then the- every every pitch I've ever been to at any agency yeah. that is the, you spend the first 25 minutes trying to trying work to out work. What, which AV you're on which SCART cable is in the right fucking hole and then you end up playing the thing but you're playing the sound out of your laptop and everyone's kind of crowded around it. Yeah. anyway not, not at this branch of KFC not KFC one button on the till there it is on the menu board straight boards. up stand up and we get start the tour we are are, are behind the counter we were as close as physically possible to the front of that tour we may as well have been leading the damn tour we were that that close to the front it wouldn't surprise me if other people thought they sort of paid us to go and like be enthusiastic about it. I have another question. Yeah, yeah I have a question about corn chicken. I just want to ask one more question. Can I ask a cheeky question? We had to wash our hands twice before we even looked at any gear. Rigorous hand washing Big process in KFC. Firstly, we get shown the, the fridges. The chiller. Yeah, the big chill. For me, was the grossest part of the operation because seeing that much meat anyway, whether there's KFC or whether there's a nice restaurant in London, just a bit gross, isn't it? Seeing that much raw meat. No, you're making it out to sound gross and horrible. Yeah. It was like really, was very, really like, well clean and organised, clean, clinical, yeah. just raw chicken. I know, but even the. I know what you mean. I do you know, know what? what? Even the words "raw chicken" sounds <laughs> rank. And chicken delivered fresh from farm to restaurant within forty-eight hours. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's super fresh. Mm-hmm. And then it really starts kicking off. Oh yeah. Try. Yeah, let's try. It. That's good. There's a big 
station on the right hand side in between two big fridges. You know, like in nice hotels when you get like double sink. Hmm. You get his and her sink. <laughs> I didn't right? think of it like that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's the first thing I thought of. It's like big double sink. You're both getting ready to go down for dinner. <laughs> but what you're doing in the sink, you're breading. You're breading chicken. <laughs> The right-hand side has the 11 herbs and spice mix. Original recipe. Original recipe. Yeah. With, did they say one part mix, one part flour? Yes. So does this flour have the secret blend in? It does. Obviously, the only thing you go in there wanting to know, really, is what that mix is, right? Mm-hmm. And not for one second did I actually think she was going to tell me, of but you've got a chance to arm, haven't you? Have, absolutely. So she, she disappears and pulls out this, like, silver, unbranded, really nondescript, like, Bag. This is how it comes. We don't know what the secret recipe is. <laughs> it is a silver bag and it says KFC special seasoning. Yeah. So we've got no idea what those 11 herbs and spices are. It's all very secret. Delivered like that to the restaurant mm-hmm. from the distribution KFC from Inc. headquarters. Yeah. Corp. So according to her, and I genuinely believed her, there are still only like a few people that actually know yeah. what's in that mix and it goes to all the restaurants bagged. And in the other vat, trough, hole thing, there's the spicy mix. The zinger. The zinger mix. And we got shown around the breading station by a very lovely gentleman who was so enthusiastic. He fucking loved it. He loved it. he was it. so good at it. <laughs> he was really good at it. And, like, obviously, again, we knew we wanted to have a go because content. Mm-hmm. Breading chicken. Mm-hmm. You're like, it's not hard. It's hard. It was genuinely difficult. Mm. Like he did it and made it look so easy and then went on to tell, tell us that he could do like four trays in a minute or something. Five minutes for uh, four trays. You can't rush greatness. Oh, for four trays? <laughs> yeah. Right. And then it takes each of us. I mean... Oh, dude, it was, embar- it was, a, good, it was a bit embarrassing. A, a good like four or five minutes to do like 10 pieces. Yeah, I was, I was trying to... So I stepped up first and, you know, you pour the bag of chicken out into this bucket thing and you give it a little wash and then... Tip it in to the to the the mix, and bread it and mix it around and stuff. And he was showing you a little technique and how you like pat it down and make it choice, whatever. And so specific, very like specific. you have to pat it down six times, seventh yeah. time in the middle. It was very like methodical. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was. Now seven times you have to press. You start okay. from here, uh-huh. and last one will be in the center. If every single branch does that, then it's always going to get the same result, right? Accurate, four, yeah. Consistency oh. yeah. is four, completely key. Five, and I was trying three, to do this. <laughs> but because I'd had my lav mic attached to my phone in my front pocket and I had a shirt on that wasn't particularly long so I didn't want to like raise my arm that much when I was doing anything so I was so cautious of like keeping my my sort of arms right up against my body so I only really had like a little bit of motion elbow down of my arm so I must have looked a bit weird when I was trying like leaning into the yeah. leaning into the trough because- Let's face it, mm-hmm. as as embarrassing as you might think it is that we went and did this, mm-hmm. it would have been a lot more embarrassing if halfway through the process, a microphone falls from <laughs> underneath your T-shirt onto the floor. I mean, think of the silence. Think of how long that pause would be when it just goes. I mean, there were so many plasters on my chest sticking that thing on. Ridiculous. A ridiculous thing to do. Best bit number two. We somehow managed to to, to get in an, a near-on three-week trip to um, Seoul in South Korea and uh, Tokyo, Japan last summer, which was amazing. Um, and we basically didn't do any planning, like, at all uh, for the trip, other than a few like places we want to eat and see. And the re- honestly, the rest of the time, like, 80% of the time was spent 
like wandering around. Uh, never is this more true than when we were in uh, Seoul, um, season one, episode ten, to be exact. When we were in Seoul, and we spent a lot of the time trying to, well, we were walking around trying to find a beer, basically. And Seoul, considering it's a very um, buzzing city and famous for having a um, like a thriving boozy scene, basically, a lot of soju, a lot of partying until the early hours. But we couldn't find any way to drink on copious occasions. We couldn't find any way to drink. We walked into a bar, and the, the waitress came over. We ordered a couple of beers, and the waitress came over with what can only be described as two beers in in Pyrex jugs. So yeah, it's been a general theme of the trip. Yeah. It's just trying to find a beer. Yesterday, <laughs> after a long, long day exploration yeah. period in that, I would say we probably wandered for about an hour. We found somewhere, there was a little row of three places. We sat down and they said, you have to eat. Yeah, which we didn't want to do, we so we left. Do. So we tried the next place. We sat on the red plastic chairs outside. Uh, there were a couple of other people in there. It wasn't that busy, but yeah. like... You were facing onto the street. I was facing into the restaurant. <laughs> didn't know what was going on? No, I didn't. You you were you, you were a bit worried. I was just so confused. You were so cryptic. I was cryptic. I was trying to hold back the excitement. It's worth saying when you say Pyrex jugs, this isn't just like oh they looked like Pyrex jugs. They were actual Pyrex branded jugs. jugs. Half l- half jugs. half litre Pyrex jugs. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. It, uh, honestly, it was it was it was fantastic. You know those we, moments we... when someone comes over and serves you something and you immediately start laughing but you have to hold it in until they walk away especially in a foreign country where you don't want to offend somebody mm-hmm. because they might think or an awful bloke basically yeah and really it's absolutely nothing to do with them it's just <laughs> the fact that you've got half a litre of beer and a pirate jug in front of you <laughs> it was so funny it was so good again ridic- a ridiculous a ridiculous thing uh, from the same trip actually and the same episode peak Taylor Fawcett losing his mind uh, when we ventured to a, a traditional sort of temple cooking restaurant, all vegan very tranquil it was down this this back alley and um, we were kind of like wandering around this area or whatever and we like we walked down this alley and we walked in and it was kind of like a bit it felt a little bit like um, a museum in how it was very quiet and you kind of didn't want to say anything and you were Hi, you're right. Yeah, can we just get a table for two, please? And you're kind of like semi whispering, like talk whispering, and um, everyone's very polite, obviously. So we were kind of, you know, on, you know, it was like, oh, this is nice. This is this is cool. This is different. We we, I mean, considering we all, all we'd eaten until that point was basically fried chicken and beer, we were really thankful to have like some vegetables on the offering and all that sort of stuff. Sit down. The restaurant's pretty empty. There's plants everywhere. It's very tranquil. It feels like I'm in a sort of fucking yoga class. Um, sunlight streaming through the roof, like the open roof. It was amazing. It was beautiful. We sit down and we get heaps and heaps and heaps of plates. Course upon course upon course of this like vegan temple food, like small plates, like bonchon and like stuff like. Just, like the plates just kept on coming, kept on coming, kept on coming. Right. It was all really nice. It was all great until. Uh, the lovely, really polite waitress brings over, like, this tea. And um, it comes in this, like, beautiful ceramic pot. 
and uh, she puts it down and she starts explaining what's in this pot. And they also brought over a small bottle, um, a bottle almost like a little miniature sort of vase, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, well, And it had, yeah. a, it had a little piece of sort of muslin tied over the top and two tiny little shot-sized glasses, basically, which they brought over and we kind of, neither of us even really noticed it was there. No, we didn't touch it. Not out of not no, wanting to try no. it, we just didn't really know what to do with it because yeah. it had this muslin over the mm-hmm. top. And then she came over and, and explained like, to us what it was yeah. and said, oh, you can drink this. It's no alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No alcohol. No alcohol. Fermented tea. Okay, okay. cool. Uh, fermented mm. pine trees leaves and mm-hmm. pear, apple, apple, pear, pine tree, pine trees leaves and apple, pear. Mm-hmm. You were a nightmare. You know when you get going and you just can't stop yourself? Also, season one, episode 11, though, just after Korea, we went straight to Japan. And uh, Japan holds. a very special place in both Tay and I's heart. We've both been there separately on on numerous occasions. We went to a baseball game, our first Japanese baseball game. We'd had a few beers, which you know that was the, the general theme of the trip. Like, not outrageous, but we you know we were just like you know when you have enough beer that you can kind of talk to anyone and you don't really care what happens. Like you don't you you know you're not a dick or anything, but you're just chatty and there's not really in your head or the back of your head at least, there's no like repercussions. You just chill. Towards the end of the match match? Game? Baseball game. Baseball match. Baseball game. I'm going with game. Um this dude comes over, um this 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 Tokyoite. Tokyoite? Japanese guy um, and introduces himself and gets chatting to us um, his name was Nicholas Cage apparently not that one uh, and what followed was a an evening of quite just it was just bizarre we, we got taken for um, udon noodles with this dude we just met and we shot the shit with him for so long in the baseball stadium and uh, it was a real reminder of just just talk to more strangers weird he was just the friendliest man ever he, he posed the question do you want to go for udon noodles with me in very broken english he he basically said what are you guys doing after this i thought oh here we go hey no none of that he said do you like noodles i was like we said yeah we do you, like noodles you've got my attention 
and he said there's a place back near the station do you want to go and we were like yeah. and I, at first I thought he's just going to tell us where it is and then he was like with me and I was like yeah, I do. And the thing is, he said it, and he was like really surprised when we agreed. I felt yeah. he was like, "Oh, really? Like I've done this four times tonight, and no one said yes. <laughs> this is amazing." Well, we did later find out that he does uh, he does do this regularly. Yeah. He does. He has told us about an American, some Americans that he'd taken to this place, and some Germans he'd taken to this place. Do you think he owns this place? But it's a possibility. Yeah, we wandered out the stadium and uh, wandered down the street. He told us, you know, his working life and, you know, he lived out of town and he had kids and his wife. Three, three, three children. children. Okay. Girls, boys? Girls, boy, girls. He so, worked for the Department of Defence. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. Very cool job. Um, and then we and we walked and we went, we eventually reached, after about 15, 20 minutes of walking, this very nondescript... Restaurant front. I like I like super. Okay. More than we don't. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Controversial. Uh, uh, it's fine. <laughs> Take us for sober then. He's taking the story. Hates. Hanamaru. That was the name of well, it. Remembered. He said I wouldn't remember it, and I remembered it. It was a very standard like canteen. Yeah, that's definitely the right word to describe it. You sort of go down, you grab a tray. It's a bit like school. So you basically go along. They have um, a load of different sort of deep fried things. <laughs> Tempura. tempura. What's your favourite? Your favourite. Potato. 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 Whatever. Put it on a tray alongside my udon noodles, hot. I like hot. And my, um, as you say, tempura prawns. And uh, that potato thing. It was so good. It was like sweet yeah. and super crispy. And I bit into it, I thought it was going to be shit. I was like, oh my god. When we were in the stadium, he asked what our favourite Japanese beer was. And I told him that I could sort of take or leave Asahi. He didn't like it at all. Nah. He did not like it. He loved Asahi. And they don't call it Asahi, they call it super dry. Yeah. You don't know? No, no, no. no. Uh, super dry? Yeah, super dry. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what, though? I have to say, at no point during the night did I think, oh, this is going to be great on the podcast. I was genuinely just having a really good time with him. I thought it was, I know you did, because you are solely motivated by this podcast. What? My final highlight of set meals thus far. So I went to New York last year. Uh, without Taylor, he's gone. To, he's gone back to the states without me. Spiteful. Um, and I met a guy called Alexis Guerreros, who I'd met in a bar, uh, not seedy. And um, we'd exchanged numbers again, not seedy. And um, we got chatting actually in the bar about pizza. Um, he was like the most New York New Yorker I'd ever met in my entire life. Really loud, brash, super confident, knew his shit when it came to pizza, basically told me I was an idiot for wanting to talk to certain people and want to eat in certain places. Um, so I met Alexis and because a few of my plans had fallen through, um, I basically decided that I needed to make a, a New York pizza slice episode. Being my guiding light, it was 
it was the pizza day. Okay. All right. Finally, you did the right thing. You came to someone who lives here for some pizza advice. Stop listening to all these Brits. All right. I'm not telling you where to get your, your, your fish and chips or your crumpets. You know what I mean? And by the way, maybe y'all should fold your crumpets like you should fold a slice of pizza. But anyway, all right. So you're going to be in Grand Central and you want to get to Lindustry. Is there anything in between? There's kind of nothing in Manhattan on the way there. Maybe you could go to Sophia Pizza Shop, which became famous for the $38 tiny personal square pie called the Dodici. Uh, but I mean, I would actually tell you to take an Uber and go to the neighborhood just below Williamsburg, which is Greenpoint, right? That's in Brooklyn. It used to be a very Polish neighborhood. Now it's filled with hipsters whose dads are bankers and they pay their rent and a lot of cocaine, but they also have a pizza shop called, uh, Paulie G's Slice Shop. Now, Paulie G, besides being a homie of mine, makes a really great slice. He also has the Hellboy now, which was made famous in his wood-fired shop. He now has that by the slice. And also get the Freddy Prince, which is a Sicilian pizza, which is thick and square. Get a corner slice. You should only trust people that eat corner slices. Don't trust the kid that doesn't eat that. You don't talk to them in school back in the day. Get yourself a corner slice. It's got Sicilian seeds on the bottom, which is really great. Gives it a nice sort of different flavor. Really good sauce, really good cheese, really nice uh, depth of flavor in the crust, really nice uh, rise and crumb uh, and gluten structure. It's great. Give that a go. Eat all three. Get a plane, get a Hellboy, and get that. And then what you want to do... Episode 1, Season 3, Set Meals. Pizza, pizza, pizza. I was doing it. All right, they were my um, top five Set Meals moments uh, thus far. Bit of a different, like I've said, a bit of a different flavor, but we're just keeping this keeping this content ball rolling, you know? let For God's sake, let's get to the restaurant section. I am still burgerless. I'm burgerless, I'm foodless, I'm driving a car, I'm burgerless. Mainly burgerless. Sam, it's happening right now. Uh, and. Mark, you want fries? Yeah. Uh, fries, please. Okay. You want a drink? That's us. That's everything today? Yeah. Okay, will this be in an open box and join the car? Mm, yeah. Yeah, you yeah let's see it in the car, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cheeseburger, grilled onion, double double with regular onion, two fries and a diet coke. Yeah. It's gonna be fourteen thirty three at the window, please. Thank you, brother. Awesome. It's gonna be double double triple dip. This is tight as fuck. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Good, how about you? Thanks, brother. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thank you. Can I get a receipt, please? Can I get a receipt? Oh, you give me. Of course, yes. I'm gonna match with the food and then I'll give it to you with the bag, right? Okay, thanks, man. Would you like ketchup? Ketchup? Yes, please. Yes, please. I can't believe it's happening. I love this. I can't believe it. Hey, did you drink, guys? Thanks, well, man. Uh, no. Guys, it looks so extreme in there. It's all happening. As we're so, uh, so far off piste with this week's episode, uh, we're doing something different with the restaurant section. We're mixing it up again. It is a shit show in the studio today. We're we're keeping we're maintaining the restaurant section because we like order to some extent, and we like we like continuity 
again, to some extent. So this week's restaurant section, led in part by Taylor Fawcett, we're going in and out burger, baby. We're going the Californian staple. So there we are, happily driving along in Pasadena, Los Angeles, California. And just out of nowhere appears the in and out sign. Oh, what time is it? It's lunchtime. The Californian mainstay burger place was started by Harry Snyder in 1948. What I didn't know about In-N-Out is that it was uh, California's first drive through burger restaurant. Who knew? A few more facts for you, because I've been doing a little bit of digging. Uh, the logo, the famous Arrow logo, uh, was changed from their No Delay strapline logo in 1950. And the Arrow points towards In-N-Out, like the restaurant itself, and means the Arrow points towards Pride, apparently, which I didn't know. We pull into the car park. There's me thinking we're going to go in and sit down. It's only a bloody drive through isn't it? Absolutely amazing. We, we pull our huge GMC Yukon XL into the smallest, thinnest drive through thing I've ever seen in my life. It was terrifying. We navigated our way in, and this man in his full in-and-out gear appears. He says, hello, sir. What can I get for you guys today? We didn't know what we wanted. We had a whole queue of people behind us. I had no idea what to order. Ordered a double-double. Chris got a double-double as well. Some fries and a Diet Coke. And he said, would you like it in an open box to eat it in the car? And I thought, (laughs) yes, yes, I do. In my head, I always think of In-N-Out when I think of it like a secret menu item. Uh, this I, this list includes things like the Flying Dutchman, which is just two patties with some melted cheese in the middle. Uh, protein style, which is like a burger, but instead of the bun, you've got lettuce. The grilled cheese, which is, I think, which is just melted cheese with the tomato, lettuce, and a bun, which is absolutely insane. Uh, there's loads of different stuff. Absolutely, like, heaps and heaps of stuff. Cheese fries, well-done fries, which apparently they're not. The four times four burger, which is four burger patties stacked on top of each other, which looks... I'm looking at the picture of that. looks absolutely insane. There is a double-double in my hand right now. I was shocked. I was stunned because I honestly thought Tay was going to go away, go to Cali, come back with no content. But it turns out Tay does love the pod and he loves the content as much as you do. Wait till you see the content. A, California's a vibe. B, you've got to go in and out because it's a bit dirty, but because it looks so great... It looks so clean, the red, white, and yellow. It looks very Americana. It looks just like exactly how you imagine eating California to look. I'm going to get another one. I'm going to move to LA. I'm never coming back. I'm really sorry. Find somebody else to do the pod with. Is there anything better than getting drive through food anyway? Because it is filth. Pulled up to the window. And it's an absolute hive of activity in there. There's about 400 people working in a room the size of my downstairs toilet. I don't know why I said downstairs. I only live on one floor. And we wait for a couple of minutes. By the way, two burgers, two portions of fries and a drink for like $12. Super cheap. Very impressed. They hand us the, uh, hand us the goods. It's all very happy. It's not like you sat in the Shoreditch McDonald's drive-thru, pissing it down with rain in the middle of February. When you're in California, you're in your big G-Wagon, you've got your windows down, you've just beaten the gym, you've got a great tan, music's on, J. Cole probably, and you, you're getting a burger and chips. Do you feel guilty? Probably not. 
Oh, I wish I was in California in January. Um, Taylor, thank you very much for your notes, your delivering of the content. Uh, listeners, thank you for listening. I'm sorry this week has been a little bit slapdash and a bit mental. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the uh, albeit brief in and out roundup from Taylor Fawcett. Um, for news, updates, visuals mainly, check out our Instagram and Twitter at Set Meals Podcast. For any notes or any recommendations or anything you've eaten or done or seen that you think we should do, see or eat, hit us up on those uh, on those channels and we will um, we'll get back to you and also we'll try and check them out. Um, any false information that we have we have maybe um, spoken with our mouths, we apologize. Uh, research is not our strong point. Um, thank you for listening to Set Meals. Drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow us on Spotify. Tell your pals. Share it in your stories. Do all the things. I'll be back next week with Taylor. Bye! This is Acast Recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows and this is one we think you're going to love. An Arm and a Leg is a show about the cost of healthcare and how we can learn to survive it. In the middle of a pandemic, that is a skill we all need. Lesson number one, be persistent. I just annoy the tar out of him. Our next instructor, Steve from HR. People where he works bring him their weird medical bills and if he sees anything off, he goes to battle. I am a bulldog on this stuff. I'm not going to lie. We are not going to win them all, but we don't have to lose them all either. An arm and a leg. Acast is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.